great Marco Regnos, a struggle for succession would inevitably take place. Leaving no direct heir, two claimants stepped forward to challenge for the throne of the Sith Empire. Ludo Koresh was a Sith hybrid descendant of the Dark Jedi and the Sith species, and had taken the honor of leading the funeral procession of Marco Regnos himself. Negasato, longtime rival and powerful alchemist, was also the descendant of Dark Jedi Sith mixing came to challenge Sato in single combat for the right to lead the Empire. As the two warrior lords dueled, fate, or the Force, would intervene. Promises of Fortune As the Republic slowly began to spread, discovering new hyperlanes, Mapping and navigating the unfolding galaxy. In a dark, unmapped region lay the Stygian Caldera, home of the Sith Empire. A mixed breed Sith from the planet Zyost, Naga Sadow boasted one of the strongest blood lineages to the ancient Dark Jedi, granting him a certain level of deference and prestige amongst the Sith people born almost 2,000 years after their first arrival. Nagasadao was taken under the tutelage of the Sith magician Simus, who had been one of the most powerful Sith of his time and challenger to Marco Ragnos's throne before Ragnos beheaded him in, in a duel. Simus lived, however, having his head encased in a special crystal case and sustaining his lo- himself on powerful dark energy, and even returning as an advisor to Ragnos, and serving alongside his former pu- pupil, Nagasadao, on the ten-member Sith Council. Sith lords often assembled their own private armies to protect their personal interests, and served as another avenue and display of power and influence. Unlike his fellow Dark Lords, however, Sadow would include outsiders into his military forces instead of relying solely on his own slave population. This underscored his expansionist views for the Empire. He wanted to expand and wrest control of the galaxy from their ancient enemies, the Republic and the Jedi. His master Simus had instilled a strong knowledge of the ancient past and exile of the Dark Jedi, something long forgotten and ignored by the Sith of this era who had been consumed by their narrow view and selfish interests within the Empire. Nagasada was powerful and wealthy and controlled the planet of Kar Delba, 
which fronted as his seat of power, while his real work and study of Darth Sith magics took place on the moon of Karshian. Amongst his pursuits, Sadow had been consumed with finding the talisman of Karnes Muir, but was unsuccessful in the task, but rigorously takes notes that would be used by future generations to pursue. Prophecy and Opportunity Like his arch rival, Nagasato, Ludo Koresh was also the descendant of hybrid of the Dark Jedi exiles and Sith species. A powerful Sith Lord in his own right, Koresh made his home in the palace on the planet Relg. He was very warlike and campaigned away from home often, but still managed to sire a son, Elko Koresh, also known as Koresh the Younger. Though he reveled in teaching his slaves to follow the dark side, he was also a cruel master and would often beat them in drunken fits of rage and would execute them when he had felt displeasure, alienating at least one slave enough to flee his service and instead begin working with his rival, Nagasato. Kresh also served on the Sith Council and had earned the honor of carrying Mark Aragnos' helm at the head of his funeral procession. As the procession came to a close with the sealing of Ragnos's tomb, Nagasato arrived to make a claim as heir to the Sith throne. Kresh, citing Sato's progressive views and desire to reveal the Sith Empire to the galaxy, argued it would endanger their current state of affairs and risk losing the whole empire, and he disputed this claim. The two soon came to blows and drew weapons to settle the dispute once and for all in front of the powerful onlookers and aristocrats of the Sith Empire, a duel to determine the next ruler and the very fate of the Empire. Duel of the Fates As the two Sith Lords clashed, Kresh relying on brutal force while Sadow implemented his telekinetic force powers, they were both interrupted in their duel when the ghost of Marka Ragnos appeared and loomed over the two would-be inheritors of his throne. The spirit warned the warring lords to choose their battles carefully, as the fate of the Empire would hang in the balance. The fight was further interrupted by the sudden arrival of a foreign ship, the Starbreaker 12. Bearing aboard the Darragon twins, galactic navigators and explorers who had stumbled upon the Sith Empire and attempted to act as envoys of peace from the Republic. Soon a rift grew between Kresh, who advised immediate execution, and Sadow, who wanted to interrogate the new arrivals for information. While the debate raged on the fate of the explorers amongst the Sith Council, Sadow acted, and freed the prisoners, framing it as a pending Republic invasion, killing his former master Simus in the process. Another council was convened and Sadow proclaimed himself the new ruler of the Sith Empire on the premise of an impending Republic attack 
and his position was to preempt with an invasion of their own. He had majority support, leaving Kresh shocked and betrayed. He withdrew from the council with his supporters and vowed that they would not help Sadow with his invasion, opting to reinforce the existing holdings of the Empire that he would be the true Dark Lord of the Sith. Betrayal Sado secreted the Darragon twins, splitting them between his publicly known fortress world and his secret moon base. Sado took Gav Darragon under his wing, discovering the young Starfarer had once been a Jedi initiate before becoming a voyager and explorer. He began to instruct him in the ways of the dark side and made him an apprentice. Sadow also anointed himself the Dark Lord, applying a distinct Sith tattoo to his forehead, further legitimizing his claim to the title of Dark Lord in the eyes of his supporters. Meanwhile, Kresh sent his own Masasi guards to protect the Darragon's ship and prevent them from returning to the Republic. The guards were subdued by a counterforce of Sadow's, who captured the ship and allowed Jory Darragon to escape back to the Republic, unknown to her carrying a homing beacon that would allow Sadow to follow her hyperspace lane back to the Republic. Kresh discovered Sadow's attack and swore vengeance, assembling a fleet to go after his fortress world on Caradelva. Unbeknownst to Kresh, the world was a decoy, and Sadow revealed his secret fleet hidden in the shadow of his moon base on Karshayan, and counterattacked Kresh's forces. In a final stroke of true Sith skullduggery, a force of secret assassins known as the Sadawin, named for their master, had infiltrated Kresh's crews aboard their ships. At their master's command, they overthrew the Sith Lords Horak Mule and Gal Ram, Kresh's most loyal supporters, and commandeered their ships. Suddenly outnumbered and outgunned, Kresh was forced to retreat with a handful of his remaining ships. His p very public defeat and humiliation lost what remained of his support. Anega Sadow, uncontested, was now recognized as the true Dark Lord of the Sith. Kresh, however, would not be so easily cast aside. As Sadow consolidated his forces for his planned war with the Republic, he marshaled the remaining Sith Lords to a meeting on Cardelba, as his Masasi slaves worked relentlessly to repair the damaged fortress. Kresh sent his flagship, pretending to be on board above the world, to very publicly decry Sadow's coming war. Sadow had the flagship destroyed in front of all the Sith Lords. As the ship was blasted apart, everyone believed that Kresh was killed on board, but he had hidden himself away to gather his strength and plot his return under cover of his own alleged death. As Sadow made preparations for his invasion, his apprentice Gav Darragon had become increasingly unsure of his master and the Sith especially when it was revealed that his sister was allowed to escape to reveal the location of the Republic. A Call to War As the undisputed Dark Lord of the Sith, Sadow rallied all of the remaining lords and gathered their armies of ships, soldiers, 
and beasts to unleash in a devastating invasion of the Republic space and take war to the heart of the Republic itself. Sadow secreted himself in the heart of his meditation chamber on board his flagship, where he would bolter his already formidable armies with powerful Sith illusions. He would also coordinate and centrally plan his attacks with a form of battle meditation. As his massive fleets took to hyperspace to conduct their war, Ludo Kresh used the absence to plot his return. And now, a word from our sponsors. Yeehaw! Howdy, folks! Is your business in the market for beasts of burden? Is your family looking for a new pet? Or maybe you're just desperate for a thrill? Whatever the reasons, we've got just the animal you are looking for here at the Coruscant Livestock Exchange and Exhibition. First, take a stroll through our outdoor exhibits. We've got Rontos, Cowbucks, Banthas, and Yopies. Or if you're an avian enthusiast, check out our aviary full of Nunas, Ursai, Pillout Birds, Nico Fly, and more. If you're into creepy crawly things, then we have just the bug for you, including such species as orbalisks, drock, and energy spiders. Brought the younglings with you? Then visit our small animal hall. Here you can find just the right pet for your rambunctious offspring. We have chitlicks, gizkas, twirls, and vorpacks. Perfect to snuggle up with. I see you've noticed the lift to our dangerous animals level. Exercise caution in here be monsters like reeks, rancors, boar wolves, tusk cats, and nexu. And of course, you can always find some gerbas, bursas, blurgs, fambas, phalumpusets, kadu, shocks, gualamas, zir, gundocks, isalamari, and maybe just a tauntaun or two. Here at the Coruscant Livestock Exchange and Exhibition. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, everyone. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Christian. And this is Jordan. We find ourselves once again orbiting around the Stygian Caldera. We've been here before. We're here again. And we've been here for a little while now. Um, I just want to start off by saying we're not going to be here forever. Uh, it just happened to be a, a stint of episodes where we've kind of gone in depth into the Sith Empire, its origins. But we won't be here forever. Yeah. Um. I did do a nice little tour of the tomb of Nagasato. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I felt uh, dirty afterwards, <laughs> you <didn't get laughs> to be quite honest, which is the experience well. I was looking for. Okay. <laughs> so it was a success. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Would <laughs> yeah, recommend. That, yeah, that's kind of why you come to this place. <laughs> you didn't get eaten by a torrent attack. Yeah. <laughs> um, the great um, Marco Regnos has since passed away. Mm-hmm. In the or era, <laughs> well, at the beginning of our story, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the era uh, known as the Golden Age of the Sith. And so now we're coming to the end of that period. Now we're essentially coming down to what will become, spoilers, the death of an empire. Um, 
there's a lot of historical truth to this. Um, so, so far, the Sith Empire has been around for a few thousand years since the arrival of the Dark Jedi, interbreeding, uh, rise of Marco Ragnos, and then his two success. Well, yeah, his two successors essentially competing for the throne. And this happens quite a bit where a great imperial lord of some kind will die. Um, you know, it happens with the Mongol Empire, the Macedonian Empire, you know, uh, Genghis Khan and Alexander the Great. They, they were this central focusing power, this unique individual for whatever reasons. Um, yeah, and they had some sort of cult of personality yeah. around them. Yeah, what, whatever factors led to them being the successful like military, military genius or whatever it is. Um, and then they die and they leave something great to be passed on. And usually that's the death of that empire. Yeah. Very quickly, someone of the same caliber doesn't rise to take their place. And you have infighting. You have people competing for the remnants of the empire. Yeah. I think uh, another interesting <laughs> side note is even, even today, like in our modern context, um, the majority of wealthy people all of their wealth is squandered by the third generation, third generation yeah. if they if they can actually pass on like generational wealth yeah by the third generation it's, it's like gone completely or, squandered yeah yeah it's like it's it's very difficult to um steward an empire and like pass a baton on to somebody and have competent. someone yeah exactly willing and able to carry on its legacy to some degree yeah um, some civil civilizations have managed, or they'll go through a dip, yeah. where they'll get a couple of crappy rulers, and then they'll have another good one that kind of puts things back together, and they'll have a few crappy ones, and so on. Um, which one speaks to the rareness of a good leader? Yeah, I think I think sometimes empires is just sheer luck too. It's like, oh yeah, there's all kinds of factors. Yeah, there's, what resources <laughs> your empire originated with. Yeah, and it can almost make maybe make the leader look better than he actually was. And yeah, he was just maybe at the right just place like at yeah, the right just having to be the right guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so you know, there's all sorts of there's so many variables. It's hard yeah. to like, but it is a common factor that when when someone of some talent pass away, and this happens even with companies, right? Right. Yeah. You know, you have a great CEO. He leaves for another job. He dies. Whatever happens, and <clears throat> suddenly, if there's not a clear line of succession. Yeah. You have all this infighting of people wanting to take and inherit what's there. And you very clearly see that it's the case here with Ludo Kresh and Nagasato, um, which will eventually lead to the destruction of their empire and their, their feud will destroy everything that was left to them. Yeah. I also think what's kind of interesting about this era of the Sith as well as there's like, a council of Siths, yeah. right? Like there's these elders that uh, kind of make up the power structure of the empire. Whereas like later, later generations of Sith, obviously like in more contemporary times, it's, there's just two basically. Yeah. Well, you, we will, we'll, we will eventually walk ourselves through that transition from how the Sith went from like empire building and, and spanning like hundreds, if not thousands of Sith Lords to two. Yeah. And yeah. how that, like, there's a philosophical idea about the concentration of power. Right. Uh, when, kind of when we get to Darth Bane, that will become very evident as to why that changes. Um, but yes, this is a time when there are lots of Sith. And, yeah. and they do have, like, a very feudal society. They have slaves. 
we talked about this during our Sith episode, but they have slaves, uh, rulers of different varieties, like architects, warrior classes. It's very class-based. Yeah. And, like, pyramidal. Also, I, I don't... Maybe someone can correct me. One of the listeners can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, but I kind of get the impression <clears throat> that a lot of the Sith, the Sith species... Um, are proficient in the force or that like magic is very commonly yes. practiced yeah uh, so it, it, uh which i don't know if that exists in other societies the way that it, it does in, in other species um i don't know if it manifests the same but there are some species we talked about this too in our force episode some species species show a natural affinity for the force in different right. areas. Yeah, that's true. Um, so again, I think like how it manifests is maybe different, or how a culture perceives that. It's almost like having like a a little witch baby, and like if your culture values that, they become a high priest. If your culture doesn't value that, they become an outcast, right? Yeah, or a sacrifice. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think it really, I think there's cultural elements that revolve around their innate abilities as well. Yeah. that determine kind of what the outcome and what the societal structure but yes the more powerful you are essentially in sith society and part of that is linked to like like we emphasize um it's kind of backwards with sith where they consider like pure bloods lesser right, than yeah. hybrids because hybrids actually <clears throat> interbred with the powerful force users that were the original dark jedi right so it's kind of funny. there's al- there's also like there's no non-force user that we know of that has been written that was a dark lord of the sith yeah. In, in this era. Yeah. And part of that is... They are like, all powerful force, force users. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I, I think you would just be operating at a severe disadvantage if you yeah. were the one guy that didn't yeah. have force powers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, that's the thing is we don't really see... I mean, perhaps the, uh, you know, like the slave cast, it, they can't use the force or something. I don't know. It's definitely diminished in them. It, it, it would seem that way. But I also think there's like the... It seems like the the upper classes in this society are trained, like they grow up learning about the yeah. force, and where maybe that doesn't exist as much. In yeah. So again, is that like a cultural, environmental thing where right. you're you're <clears throat> have the privilege to be to have all the best schools that will hone your natural abilities, whereas yeah. some poor kid will never have that, so he just ends up becoming a slave in a you know. Could it even be like worker? evolutionary selection when you only interbreed with a certain caste that can use the force, and then? lower cast who don't really use like them. eventually and also yeah, eventually that does happen where the sith again we talked about this more in our sith episode where they kind of develop devolve into these subspecies yeah um but also <clears throat> um there's the element of sith alchemy where you literally have the foundational dark jedi split over the ability to manipulate genetics essentially and yeah. mutate monsters and things like that so some of that too could be intentional um, manipulation, let's yeah. say. So, yeah. But going back to Death of Empires, yeah, <laughs> that's what we're witnessing and experiencing now. Yeah. Um, you also get to see a lot of the the politicking that will later become pretty entrenched in how Sith do business. Um, you see the underhandedness and kind of the backstabbing and like this. Um, it's it has always been there, but they always had strong rulers that kind of kept that in check. Again, with Marco Ragnos, he knew how to pit the Sith Council against each other, so they wouldn't yeah. be his problem, which is pretty smart politicking. Yeah. Um, but the problem is when you remove that piece, then all the guys that were fighting each other will continue to fight each other, if not worse, right? Yeah. Um, and it also seems like there's there is like um, 
<clears throat> there's no like real election process. It's just like it seems like the two Strongest. most powerful come to the top yeah. and they duel it out and that's the decision, yeah. right? And that that again is in line with Sith <clears throat> philosophy of the strongest rule. Yeah. Um you have the right to rule if you can take that power yeah. from someone else, right? Yeah, like obviously before it's sort of this rhyming thing of like Ragnos versus Simus and then uh uh Sadow versus Crash, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And and again it just it reflects innate Sith culture and philosophy. Yeah. Um it's also interesting to compare Crash and Sado where Crash is more like a force like a brute force of nature. He's practical. He wants to preserve the Sith Empire as it is. He doesn't want to risk it by gambling. Right now the galaxy doesn't He's know. like more conservative. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the galaxy doesn't really know the Sith Empire exists as it does as it does. So the Sith Empire has been expanding within its region, the, yeah. the Stygian Caldera. Um, so they've conquered other worlds and taken them as slaves and subjugated different planets, but they're not this like vast interstellar empire. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it is technically interstellar, but not on the not scale. Like galactic. They're not a galactic. Yeah, they're not a galactic yeah. level. Yeah. Um, and again, they're hidden from the Republic. Yeah. Um, and the Republic itself isn't as expansive as it will become later either. They're also still kind of very early in their development and, <laughs> By early, that's relative in thousands of years time scale. Yeah, you almost have to look at this area <clears throat> before like all the hyperspace routes were mapped yeah. and stuff as like as like almost before we had like cross ocean navigation. Yeah, you, know, like, you have the odd ship that's making that journey. Yeah, but you had like mul- like like right when the Roman Empire was at the zenith of its power, like the Chinese Empire was like massive too, you yeah. know, and but the, they just like There's very they, little they almost barely contact. little to yeah. no interaction between them, yeah, and you know there was there was uh empires in the middle of Africa, and there was empire Mesoamerican empires yeah. all at the same time, but they didn't even know know each other they, existed, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah, exactly, that's exactly the the right mindset to have, so yeah, exactly, you have these little empires growing the republic as an empire whatever right um and then you have other factions too like hut space and things yeah um and then you have that's why the the arrival of the Daragon ship is so key is because they're mapping a hyperspace lane yeah which means ease of travel all of a sudden this route this corridor has opened up and they're able they're like the christopher columbus of, <laughs> of the except Republic. if all the sith decided to rally and inv- re- reverse invade yeah. europe <laughs> yeah exactly which is what exactly what uh Sadow wants to do right um whereas crush is like no we should stay on our island where we know what we have we can reinforce ourselves here um and again he's more like physically violent and angry and brute force whereas Sado is more scheming plotting conniving they both embrace different elements of the dark side you have people like Maul who are like Darth Maul who are like blunt assassin marauder instruments Mm -hmm. and you have people like Darth Sidious who are scheming who are plotting like the downfall of the entire galaxy right Uh, Darth Vader is more of a engine of destruction this brute force yeah Yeah, like one on one almost everyone gets destroyed by Vader but does Vader have that empire-spanning, conniving, manipulative mind too? Right. No, Vader definitely ruled through fear, whereas Sidious ruled through like scheming, scheming. yeah, you know, and attained politicking through, through exactly yeah. those methods. And they both kind of reflect two sides of the coin of the dark side, just yeah. like 
uh, Kresh and uh, and Sadow. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, just kind of a a side note on Sadow, Naga Sadow specifically. He is very inconsistently portrayed in artwork. Um, <laughs> he goes from being borderline human looking, yeah, to very Sith, as in the Sith species looking. Um, there's images of him that look, yeah, straight up like yeah. Like he's a human. Like yeah. he's a human. And then others where he has like the face tentacles and like very red skin. Yeah. Not as pronounced. Again, the more mixed. Um, he is a hybrid. Yeah, exactly. The more mixed a species is, I mean, in terms of the Sith specifically. So the Sith have very like pronounced brow ridges. They have these face tentacles. Yeah. And very deep red skin, typically. Yeah. And as they interbreed, those features become less and less prominent their tentacles maybe not be as many or they'll be shortened yeah um or maybe even non-existent in like a very human hybrid but yeah there's a very inconsistent display of what nagasato looks like um i'm not sure which one would be considered the canon appearance um he does appear in the tales of the jedi comic books uh where he had a very reddish skin and Sith species look, but uh, the new essential guide to characters shows him a lot more human. Hmm. Um, so again, like I guess that's a case of what book you you defer yeah. to as the most canon. Um, quick note on Disney. Uh, um, Disney decided to keep Nagasato oh, in canon, they? but they don't keep Ludo Kresh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Interesting. And, and Sadow is also like it's weird. They they refer to the Great Hyperspace War, the uh, Empress Tata system, which is also we'll get into in the next episode, uh, and all told in what's called the Keldroma epics. So they're taking all these elements of of legends, and it seems like they're being semi consistent. Like all these, maybe they're not going to be used the same way, but like the Great Hyperspace War, Empress Tata. Ula Keldroma, all these things come from Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like they're trying to canonize the whole thing as we understand it and experience it in Legends, or if they're just taking like, oh, that's a cool name, that's a cool character, let's just take it for our own use. Yeah. And rewrite everything else about it. Uh, not a lot is known about them from the canon perspective. You know, I I kind of wonder if <laughs> they're sort of shoehorning it, like they're like they have a game. Or a comic book or a novel, and then they need some like ancient lore to pull from. Yeah, so, so they, they just, just like go and like instead of pin, up yeah, with their own cherry thing. pick some yeah. stuff from. Oh, that's exactly oh, yeah, what they're doing. This is what I want, so yeah. I'm gonna put it in, and then that makes it canon. Yeah, yeah. or they're like cool name drop and cool reference. Yeah, for yeah. Real Star Wars fans to try and lure you in. Yeah, but there's no substance behind like that one very obscure reference to Revan in one of the new films um it, it wasn't even like in the film it was like in the art book or something uh yeah i think one of the the like sith trooper battalions yeah they all carried sith lord names right and um, one of them was like was like yeah rabbit. i can't remember all the names it, one of them could have been set out i can't remember okay but um they all yeah they were all named after like legends great lords of the sith yeah um the other interesting thing that they kept was and this will come into play in future episodes but i'll mention it now um so eventually nagasato spoilers will end up on yavin 4 
and build the ruin, the temple. Well, they weren't ruins when he builds them, but he builds the temples on Yavin 4 that the rebels are hiding in. These big, like, almost pyramids. Yeah. And, um, and they decided to keep that element in canon as well. So, like, back in, in A New Hope, like, you just see it on screen. All the rebels are hiding on this forest. And there's these old ancient temples. So then they go back and obviously write the backstory, which is Nagasada built these temples. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, and it yeah, plays yeah. into like the new, uh, not Tales of the Jedi, the New Republic, New Jedi Academy type series. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so they decided to just lift that and keep it. And again, the story may change in the details, um, but they still have the Masasi building these temples, which is, again, lifted straight from legends. Um, and then the final thing to mention is that um, Sado's face is actually chiseled into the walls of the Sith Citadel on Exegol. And uh, one of the voices that Kylo Ren hears in his head is allegedly Nega Sado's. Oh, really? Yeah, so they really kind of lean on him a lot. Or at least they name that, drop but... him. They don't. They don't mention it by name in the movies. I'm sure okay. it's from like a source book or something. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not Maybe really it's from the novelization or yeah. something. Yeah, I'm not big on Disney canon, so I'm not gonna like yeah. hunt down the source for this stuff. It just just reading the wiki for that, that stuff. Um, but yeah, so they do. They do try to incorporate Nagasato quite a bit, like sprinkling him in. Yeah, wherever they seem to be to want to do it, uh, which is. Just to me, it was kind of odd. Negasato never, to me, really felt like he's big in that. Like the again, the Jedi temples do feature prominently in, um, the New Jedi Order stuff. Yeah, which I guess is maybe why they took him. I it just seemed weird to me to pick him and like drop Ludo Crush altogether. You know, I don't know if Ajunta Paul makes it. Into old or into yeah, we'll canon or mega Ragnos. When we move on to Junta Paul, we'll have to look at that. But it is kind of similar with Marco Ragnos. He's sort of like sprinkled throughout. There's references to him, even in canon, uh, Disney canon. There's like references to Marco Ragnos. I think he's one of the legions that are listed. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Yeah. Again, I don't really care about Disney Star Wars, so I don't uh, look into yeah. it a lot. I think I mentioned this in the Ragnos episode, though. I, I don't mind, like, them having these sort of, like, obscure references, sort of almost adding to the mystique and the legend of the, these, like, characters that you don't really know much about and you don't know exactly why they're so well-known. Because there's all sorts of characters in our own history who I think are kind of like that. Like, they, they're, they're memes almost, you know? They're not <laughs> yeah. really... You don't really they know disassociate from yeah. the true story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and but even the documents we do have of them are actually like scantily thin. So I don't know. Kind of interesting, interesting way to do it. Uh, do you want? It's like the question is like, do you want to over-explain these characters, or do you want to leave them mysterious? You know. Yeah, which I mean, there's an argument to be made for the mysterious angle. I know Warhammer yeah. 40k has a lot of that. That currently they're in the process of undoing and there's a lot of mixed reactions but like it would have been better if you just didn't didn't go there right (laughs) just uh let the mystery live on yeah as a mystery right so that's fair i'll i'll give them that um i just looked up the names of the sith uh legions named at least in um 
in Disney Star Wars. There's Endedu, um, Tanis, Revan, Tenebris, Phobos, and Desolus. Okay. So, <clears throat> interesting. No, all right. But that's all. Uh, that's all I got for this episode. Oh, what about uh, inconsistency around his death? That's for a later episode. Okay. We'll save that for when we actually talk. Are you telling people he dies? No. <laughs> Spoilers. All right. So uh, let's just uh, remind everyone to check out our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're also on Discord. So, um, I'm not in there as much. I try to go in at least once or twice a week if I can and just see what's happening. But I know Christian checks it out a lot. Uh, if you guys have any questions, disagreements, uh, con- general commentary. Challenge us to single combat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you too can be the ruler of the <laughs> Star Lords. Um, no, you can't actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, also we are on Patreon. So if you want to support the show uh, for $3 a month, you can subscribe and get uh, exclusive member content uh and be a part of a couple private groups if you want it's up to you it helps us pay the bills we really really appreciate it and on that note i just want to give a shout out to some of our new patrons uh since the last time we mentioned it uh so big thank you to donnell anthony frank high plains drifter and ahmed so i want to thank all of you guys for your support we really, really appreciate it. Someone's out there. They need to uh, get some Sith names going. <laughs> yeah. Contributors. Oh, and um, I also wanted to thank TJ for doing our ad this week. Yes. Which was pretty awesome. If anyone has um, in-universe Star Wars ad ideas, yeah. uh, pitch them to us. We won't. We're not promising that we will air it, but if we like it enough, we will. Um, you can either give us a recording or just write a script. Yeah, uh, thirty to sixty seconds max. If you go a little over, a I can forgive deal. it, but, yeah. but don't don't get crazy. <laughs> yeah. With it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, on that note, uh, I think that's all I had to say. Peace. <laughs>